Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back to Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports Radio. Eric Goodman is out today uh, working on a charitable endeavor up in Larimer County. Mm-hmm. And we look, he'll be back on Monday with me. And sitting in with it for Eric is anchor and reporter Justin Adams of CBS4, who has an impressive array of knowledge about all sports. Went to Montbello High School, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. went to CU. That's right. And you got two degrees to see you. Got two degrees, broadcast production and ethnic studies. Uh, a blessing, blessing to be what, able to get that. What do you do on broadcast production? So broadcast production is just, it really just gets me in the door, right? I mean, I, I didn't do, so at the time we had News Team Boulder, right? Mm-hmm. News Team CU or whatever. And I didn't quite get in on that in time, um, but broadcast production was available. And so in order to get to the journalism school, we called it the J School at the time, um, it allowed me to get in there. So um, what, whichever way you make it happen, it doesn't matter. Well, here's what you may not know about me that I worked at the Rocky mountain news when I was in college at CU. Shut up. While I was going to journalism school at CU, but they said, uh, they would like to take me off as kind of in, an intern on, on tax credits and things like that. Yeah. So I had to switch my major. I was majoring in history. I was going to switch my major. And then I realized I could work the hours good enough to uh, major both in journalism and history. So I added a journalism so I have two degrees from CU also. Come on. Yeah, so uh, we're buffs. We're buffs uh, black and gold. That's right, through and through. You know, my uh, one of my teachers used to say, uh, you don't have a degree, you have a receipt. Just to <laughs> let people know <laughs> all the things that you did while you were there on campus. So there you go. Now, I have to confess something about the Avalanche. Uh-oh. The other day, I'm sitting in the, in the uh, audience at the news conference with Kale McCars up at the front table. And I don't even remember the exact timing of this, but he's sitting up there and t- fielding questions from the media. And I wittily asked him, wittily asked him if he had given up uh, on the playoff beard. Cause it sure looked to me like he was clean shaven and rosy cheeked and he kind of rubbed it and he goes, well, I'm still trying to grow it. And I felt bad. So <laughs> it probably was such a, a eagle deflating thing for him that's why he's having trouble well you know how uh, eric has those you know reads for his hair right he yeah. has sponsors for his hair just got to help out kel mccarr with his beard man <laughs> got to get him a starter kit there needs to be a beard starter kit for Kale mccarr man maybe that will help out he does look like uh he's 23 years old yeah he's a baby he's a baby you know that bo byram yeah the other young defenseman and he was 2019 first round draft choice playing in the partnership with eric johnson that's mm-hmm. like dad mm-hmm. Bo Byram asked, asked Eric Johnson if he can borrow the car keys or the key fob. Wow. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I was about to say, I was like, really? <laughs> it better not be. But, but Eric Johnson's been in the, been here. You realize Eric Johnson's been here for 11 years. Forever, it seems like. And, then, and he had played four years at St. Louis before that. That's crazy. So he's a, the, the sage veteran voice of the organization. Uh, owns horses, of course. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Is uh, I think that if it's been speculated on if the Avalanche do win the Stanley Cup, who who would Gabriel Landeskog hand to hand the cup to first? And I think it's pretty pretty well established. It would be Eric Johnson. Yeah. It would be his his first Stanley Cup championship. But it's, it's interesting the way that the mantle has been, the torch has been kind of passed in some ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's an interesting mix of veteran players and 
if, especially if Jack Johnson were playing, it'd be a, a mix of veteran and young. But the funniest thing about Bo Byram, do you remember the day that the Avalanche beat the Devils in Game Seven, four to one, or beat the Devils in Game Seven with Alex Tenge scoring two goals? Yes, and Joe Sakic making the greatest handoff in Colorado sports history yes, with sir. a touch pass to Ray Bork. Yep, and Joe didn't even raise it overhead; mm-hmm. he just gave it right to him. So you you know how old Bo Byram was when that happened? No, oh no, don't do this to me. Was he born yet? No. What? He was born four days later. Wow. So doesn't Joe Sackick raising the cup overhead seem like, not yesterday, but at, at least recent? It, it, it seems so much more recent, but it just shows just how difficult it is to put a team together. And I even think about the New Jersey Devils. I was having a conversation with somebody uh, a little bit over that. And you forget just how dominant that team was, how dominant the Devils were. And now they're a team that's struggling. And it just shows that... This comes in waves, which is why I come back to with tomorrow game that <laughs> the I, most important game I, in the history of sports. I mean, well, it's the most important game for this core. Like we, we know the yeah. most important game in franchise history was game seven, 2001. Don't get me wrong. Before this core, now, do, you they, really, do you do you really believe this team? Yeah, if they lose tomorrow, they'll be able to shrug it off. They'll still be able to win. You still you still have the, to we, win in six? We, we will be talking about uh, the Paramount. Uh, major test still in front of them, and uh, the the uh, acid test. So, but they'll they'll be able to pull it off. If they lose tomorrow, it's right. not over. But you're telling me that this Avalanche team that has struggled in the second round, just call it what it is, right? I mean, I, I get it against San Jose. They were not the favorites, right? San Jose should have won, and if it wasn't mm-hmm. for a bad call um, on a goal that Nathan, Nathan McKinnon had, where they said Gabriel Landeskog was offsides yeah. or something like that. Some well, it was a weird, it yeah, was, it was a weird call. Uh, that was probably would have won that game. Yeah, at least would have tied it there. It, it ended up being technically a correct call, right? right, but right. One of those kind of judgment, like you, you see no evil, or right? Whatever. You should have let it go. It was, it was such a ridiculous technicality. So bad. But you look at that, and you look at having a two zero lead against Vegas, and then losing all those games from there, right? Pretty much getting swept four zero after up two zero. But the the question would be, you know, as we asked Jared Bednar, we asked the players about clearing that second round hurdle, getting rid of that albatross mm-hmm, mm-hmm. off the back. The issue is whether you get that same feeling as the Vegas series last year. Uh, man, I and we aren't to the point yet where it's far enough along. For that to happen, and the Avalanche, I think, will come back from, from. You know, we're talking about them like they trail in this series by an insurmountable one game to one. No, I no, I, don't get me wrong. It's best of five. I get it, right? And St. Louis has now, now home ice. Now it's best of five, right? Now it's best of five, right? But I'm a, I just for me personally, I just want to see what this team is made of. Like, it's not about that the series will be over if they lose tomorrow night. I get it. It's not over if they lose tomorrow night. But I just want to see, can this team respond? Can Darcy Kemper have one game where we, where we leave the game saying he was the reason why they won? You know, we talked about Jordan Bennington seeing 54 shots mm-hmm. in game one. He had 51 saves. He didn't have 54 saves. He didn't have a shutout. He gave up three goals. Right. Including well, one in overtime. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought I got a little bemused by people getting carried away with with Bennington's performance. I get it; he was terrific, but he still gave up three goals. Right. Uh, we can look back to 
uh, the 2010 playoffs here, the best the best game I've ever seen a Colorado goaltender play was not by Patrick Waugh. Mm-hmm. Patrick Waugh, whose ability was to shake off a bad game, come back and stone you the next. Mm-hmm. But Craig Anderson had a, yes. had a 51-save shutout against the San Jose Sharks. And you know who scored the winning goal in that game? In San Oakland? Jose. They scored against themselves, right? Was it, a, yeah, was it an old goal? did, but you know who got credit for no, it? No, who did? A fellow named Ryan O'Reilly. Really? Yeah, he was, he was the last one to touch the puck. Mm. So uh, I don't think Bennington has been as, as unbelievable or terrific as some have portrayed. You know, it would be if Darcy, if Darcy Kemper sees a, sees a bunch of shots. You know, and Jared Bednar made a comment the other day after game one that there are some nights when 50, 50 shots doesn't seem, you know, you, you at the end of the game or if you're tracking it on the screens, during the game, you know how many shots there are, but there are some some nights when fifty shots doesn't seem that much, mm-hmm. but thirty shots does. Yes, because it's the type of shots you're seeing. The Avalanche are shooting high. Mm-hmm. They obviously think that's the way to beat Bennington, and so maybe in some ways it would be better to ignore that scouting report and start from scratch. Yeah, it, does that? I mean, for me, and again, I'm, I'm this is where my background and all the different things I know in sports, I just I, I just go to your knowledge and I ask, when a team is aiming high and they continue to miss over and over and over again, when do you say, hey, let's change it? When do you say, okay, let's just go back to what works for us. A good shot is a good shot. Or do you say, hey, stick to the scouting report. We know what we need to do and we'll go from there. I think what they should do is stop thinking so much about it and just play. Yeah, I, I think agree. just just step back, let the instincts take over, and this team has enough talent that don't make them think so damn much. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. And and go from there. Yeah. Prediction, by the way, tomorrow? Tomorrow night? I tomorrow said, night. I said uh, the Avalanche 6-1. to one. Okay. I say Avs win this one 3-2. to two. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the NHL's bracketing system. <laughs> uh, the, the Avalanche were matched against the St. Louis Blues yeah. in this round. If they had done it right, if this league did it right, if this league did it like the NBA, the Avalanche would not be playing the Santa, would not be playing the St. Louis Blues right now. So we'll be back after this. Come on, swing. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Terry here, Terry Fry, back with Justin Adams. You don't know the song. No, I don't. You don't. It's this guy by the name of Gavi. It's called, uh, the song's called High Note, and uh, it's one of my favorite songs, um... Gavi is the interesting way how to spell it. To be very honest with you, I don't even know how to spell it right now. How do you spell that? Oh, let's go. I'm looking at it right now. It's G A W V I. It's all caps. Yeah, G A W V I. High note. I just love the music, just the feel that it gives you, especially on a day like today, right? It's snowy outside. You know, you might be feeling one way or the other. Go on the song, man. High note by Gavi, man. Make you feel good. You still make snowmen? Oh yeah, and I still destroy them too, all the time. I'm I'm one of those people who 
who just despise the people who say, oh, we need a little snow. No, give us snow in the mountains. <laughs> right. Keep it away from us. Let's call it what it is, man. If you want to reach us to uh, yeah. gripe about that or anything else, uh, on the we're on the on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. Justin Adams TV. Mm-hmm. No fancy dashes or periods. No or dashes or anything. And by just, the way, follow me, and I'll follow you back. Okay. I think I already follow you. Yeah, I, you I know do. I do. I'm at T Fry T F R E I. By the way, my website's www dot terryfry.com sneaky mm-hmm. reference there and eric goodman is uh working a charity auction up in in larimer county at the budweiser event center and he'll be back with me on monday but i'm enjoying myself here with justin justin adams mm-hmm. and so time now for the buzz The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Just had to put something in front of your face real quick. I know we're talking uh, hockey and everything, um, but I just want to quickly, because we haven't talked Broncos yet. I just want to quickly let you know how happy I am. That we have Russell Wilson. Well, he's kind of taken the town by storm. He has. He has. Is it similar to when Peyton Manning came in? Oh, or easily. Is, is easily. It well, it's a little bit more because before uh, Russ was uh, was even announced fully in the trade, he was already at Children's Hospital. Like, he's done it by the book, everything you need to, to really gain the love of the fans. Eric and I talked about this, but w- what's your response to those who say, oh, he's too good to be true. He's only doing it for the TV cameras. Which, which I say, so what? Yeah, that's what I'm at, too. And do you want somebody who does it? Do it? Like, what's the alternative? Let's have somebody who loses their mind, who doesn't take his job seriously, who, um, you know, leads his team the wrong way. Oh, wait, that's what happened the last six years. So, no, I do want a guy like that. But another reason why I like Russell Wilson is because when I just saw a tweet from the New York Post, Geno Smith, ladies and gentlemen, is the leader in the clubhouse for uh, – <laughs> Ahead of Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Actually, the exact word is this. Geno Smith is leader in sad Seahawks quarterback competition. You mean everybody's sad in the uh, quarterback meeting room? Or, oh, my God. It's terrible. Or sad as in no good. As sad as in both guys are, uh, both guys are trash 30. That's what it I is. I just think it would, be, it would have been an interesting story if Drew Locke had gone in, showed he had gained great maturity, mm-hmm. and actually was a decent quarterback for the Seahawks. I just don't see it happening. I, I I wanted to see a magic transformation. Did you see his initial news conference? No. His initial Seattle news conference was actually impressive in the sense where you said, maybe he's grown up. But everything he says, from what I understand, is that uh, we are not going to see any magic transformation. Oh. Now, Geno Smith is not a particularly formidable competitor for that job. No. But he's going to be end up being... He's going to end up being the starter on opening night. You think Geno Smith week one? Yes. I'm saying Drew, man. Okay. I'm thinking. I'm, I mean, you mean I, Pete Carroll trained, playing to the crowd for the drama? And- yes, and I think for one game you could have Drew Locke have a really good one game against his former team, and he could use that to his advantage. I think he really would. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Let's well, the it. other thing we were going to talk about was, you know, we discussed Gary Bettman's news conference in, 
in advance of uh, game one on Monday here in Denver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He makes the rounds of playoff cities, and he holds regular news conferences, and you kind of see him <laughs> saying the same things virtually everywhere. But in this case, he was asked about Comcast and altitude. Yeah. And he also talked about the playoff t- playoff TV ratings and the new contracts with TNT and ESPN. He also, though, fielded a question about the league's weird playoff bracketing, which does not include reseeding and matches two versus three in each in each uh, division in the first round. Uh, it did at least, if, if it had reseeding, the Avalanche would be playing Edmonton now and the Blues would be playing Calgary. Bettman, of course, loves that format. Yeah. He loves anything, including the weird standings format they have that makes everybody uh, look better than they really are. But what do you think of that format? I, I, I think they should go to the NBA format of one versus eight. They have one versus eight, or even you know what? They could use what the NBA has. No, with, no, 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 no play in no, stuff. No, no, I am going to say that. No, you know, no play. Wait, wait, but this is why. That was like a high school jamboree. I, I know, I know, but you know what? Sometimes. The best, you know, type of dances you have were in high school. You know what I mean? Talk about the jamboree now. But I'm just saying, like, it keeps more teams in it throughout the year. You know that you're not going to have teams who are going to try to take. In it for for how many games? In the play-in round. Well, look, you... I mean, I would say I would have the play-in round for... No, you can have it for for the way that... Directly the way that the NBA has it. You have the, what, the 7-8 play... Mm -hmm. And then the loser of that game plays uh, the winner of nine ten, and you go from there. I don't think I don't think that's bad, but I would say on the overall it's contrived. Basis, it's contrived. It's an insult to give the impression that that a team is who is no better than tenth in the conference actually has some kind of chance to win it. Well, but you know, hockey is weird though. There was a year that the Kings were the eighth seed and they got all the way to well, the uh, Jonathan Quick was responsible. Well, for but that. I'm saying it could happen though, right? Yeah, but that's why hockey's different. Anything I, I goaltender anything can. It is it's absolutely true. High goaltender, anything can happen, whether it's Darcy Kemper or Jordan Bennington mm-hmm. or Vile Husso. But I would go back to the one through eight. That's always the best model, and it should be that way. Like, you should always keep the one through eight. I know you want to make things as interesting and weird as possible, but you know what? Keep it one through eight. Um, best play the best. If you earn the top seed, you should be able to have an easier road. You look at Calgary, for example. Now they're in the second round playing Edmonton. They put up nine goals in game one. Yeah. Now I know nine Edmonton. Is, it was nine to six. Yeah, I know Edmonton scored six. That's but my favorite kind of hockey game. It's so crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Dude, the first fire, fire wagon hockey. Well, the first two shifts for uh Calgary were, were goals. The first two shifts. So I mean, in any case, the Avs should be playing Edmonton. But you know what? If you're going to get to the cup and you're going to win the cup, you have to take also tough tough talk competition anyway. Well, let's temporarily uh let's briefly talk about NHL coaching yeah. news. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, they released the uh, the Jack Adams Trophy finalists mm-hmm, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Jared Bednar was not one of the three. It was Gerard, Gerard Galan of the Rangers, Andrew Brunette mm-hmm. of the Florida Panthers, former Avalanche player, scored the last goal in Patrick Waugh's career when he was with Minnesota. Uh, but he took over for uh, Joel Quenville when Joel Quenville was quasi-suspended mm. uh, for the problems down there when his team was 7-0. and And then bitter beer face Daryl Sutter, coach of the <laughs> Calgary Flames. <laughs> Bruce Boudreau did a terrific job at Vancouver getting them back in the race. Yeah. Uh, so he he should have warranted uh, being one of the potentially consideration for one of the three finalists. And Jared Bednar didn't get a sniff again. 
I don't understand that. You know what, what really frustrates me but is you, this. You're sitting here saying he's probably going to get fired if they lose this. Well, no, I didn't say he's going to get fired. I didn't say that. I, I'm, I'm not on that train. I am it's, it's nowhere near to, on that it's, train. It's funny the, the polar opposite you get it into any discussion about Jared Bednar right now. Um, Jared Bednar should not be on the hot seat on anybody's hot seat, no matter what happens in this round. Okay, uh, that's just ridiculous. But I will also say this: when I look at uh, the Jack Adam uh, not nominees or the finalists, rather, um, I didn't know anything about the New York Rangers last year. I didn't hear anything about them, to be very honest with mm-hmm. you. And for them to be who's where their they are, manager, you know who their general? No, manager? Who, who's their general? Chris manager? Drury. Really? Yeah, there are three. There are three. Members of the 2001 Avalanche Stanley Cup champions that are with the Rangers. No, that are uh, NHL general just, managers. Yep, yep, yep. Rob Blake of the Kings, mm-hmm. Chris mm-hmm. Drury of the. Uh, that, that's the one that really makes me feel. Well, I still remember Chris Drury as a little league, know, little league uh, championship baseball player. He was a baby. And then of course Joe Sackett yep, uh, yep, of yep. The, the Avalanche. And so it would have been neat if the, it. That's why a Rangers Avalanche matchup in the Stanley Cup Finals would be interesting. You'd have. To, the two general managers used to be roommates with mm-hmm. the Avalanche. All right, so I have two questions for you. Number one, I'm going to go with the, the comment, obviously, on Jack Adams. I think, obviously, what happened with the Rangers, for what they did this year and the way that they played, and even where they are right now, give it away. Go to, right there. That's where you go. Go with the Rangers, okay? I love that, to what they did this season. I well, think it's really good. Yeah, that's that's Gerard Gallant, mm-hmm. who won it in, uh, I think, I want to say 2018, when mm-hmm. Jared Bednar was a finalist right. for the uh, Miracle but Ger- Gerard Gallant won it when the Vegas Gold Knights were an expansion team. Right, when and they got we, to the Stanley Cup final. When it was just astounding, which made it a rough life for the Seattle Kraken this year because Seattle hockey fans <laughs> thought their team should actually be good. When it, when I went out there and it was like, what's wrong with the Kraken? And I said, that, that's in the media. I mean, right. Mainstream reporting is, what's wrong with the, what's wrong with the Kraken? They might not make the playoffs. I said, well, what's wrong with the Kraken is, they're an expansion team, for heaven's sake. They're not good. Uh, Rick Bonus resigned as coach of the uh, Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. 67 years old. He'd had enough. Uh, we thought he was maybe going to retire after last year. Yeah. But that job's open. Here's the question now. Uh, the two big names, three big names on the coaching forefront for, for the jobs in the NHL are uh, Joel Quenville. Okay. Mike Babcock. Okay. And uh, those are the top two in my mind. Where was John Tortorella at? And and Trotz. Terry Trotz. Is is Tortorella done? He's still out of the game. He's out of the game. Will he be done, though, period? Like, is he? Well, you know, you always think he's done, and then somebody hires him in the recycling (laughs) that is the the NHL mold. So I... But the question is, will Joel Quenville ever get another job? I think he should. He Uh, has to meet with Gary Bevin to get permission to... to, to uh, come back in the league. Well, uh, remind me again what happened down there. Well, it was a, it was an it was just an ugly incident. I'm almost a, a reticent to, to talk through it, but there was a sexual assault. Oh no, they a video coach on a on a on a prospect. No, 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 and, no. and Joel was part of the attempt. Was part of the cover up. Yeah, he's done. You think so? Yeah. There's no sense of forgiveness no, there. No, man, not not today's day. Not today's day. With the momentum the NHL is having too, right there on ESPN. They get more more play. Well, the, the NHL team, is TNT. conscious of a lot of social. Yeah, they can't do it. No, man. I'd at least I'd hear him out. I, I think Gary Bevin should have a discussion with him, talk with him, and, and see if he can sense any genuine contrition. I, he did meet with with uh, Quenville when he was 
when he was right when he quote agreed to resign, and so that they've been through it before. I think they, I think Joel Quenville should at least be given, if not if not an official hearing, at least consideration and discussion about whether maybe he could get back into coaching. Yeah, you could have all those, but I don't think he's even the best candidate out of the guys that you mentioned. I mean, Mike Babcock, he won a, a Stanley Cup, right, with uh, Detroit, am I correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. So if you have somebody who actually won it, and don't get me wrong, Quinville did too, but uh, I would go with Babcock and be okay with that, to be honest with you. That was the Rocky Mountain Forest Products, the buzz. And when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about Tim Conley's flirtation with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. You could play a mean pinball. That's right. You know what strikes me about that is how young Elton John sounds. How, how old was he uh, at that time? Oh, he was probably in his early 20s. Wow. I'm a big fan of The Who, too. And yeah. They turned, uh, they turned, the, uh, that, new, turned that show, Tommy, into a Broadway musical, even. Is, is Elton John, is he done performing? Is that what I heard he's done doing? I think he's on a last tour. Maybe okay. he finished. I'm okay. not sure. Do it here. But, but it's uh, time yes. now. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Hey, Danny. There's big news in the soccer world. Big news. All right. Big news. And I'm all here for it, okay? All right. FIFA, you know, for the World Cup in 2026. Excuse me. Got to, you know, get my voice right. They're going to have a news conference in New York on June 16th. Can we go? Yeah. I hope so. Maybe we get a credential. Maybe you have like a book of credentials, by the way. Yeah. Dude, you're the man. Okay. Well, I sports will pay for us. Yep. Oh, man, they got, they got plenty of money here. They got plenty of cash. Uh, 17 stadiums in the United States in uh, 16 areas remain in the bidding for the first 48-team World Cup with Los Angeles and, you know, SoFi Stadium and all the other stuff, right, being the places where, you know, they're expected to have the final and everything like that, okay? You have Canada and Mexico. They're going to be represented as well in the 2026 World Cup. One of the cities in the United States. Let me guess. Pueblo. No. Oh, close. Denver. Really? Sports, uh, not Sports Authority, but uh, in Powerfield at Mile High, there are one of the uh, stadiums that are remaining that are under consideration to host pretty much will be the kind of the first or second round games in the 2026 World Cup. So why are you so excited? Because that would be huge. Huge. 
Oh my God. Well, who would come here? Everybody, right? I think everybody would be here, right? You think, but Brazil, you might get, you know, England will come on through. You get France and what they have with that team over there. Would you paint your face and all that stuff? Oh, man, I'll lose my mind. Oh, yeah, I'll lose my mind easily. No, that's not a question. See, here's the thing. People don't watch soccer generally on the regular, right? Soccer's starting to grow in popularity. But once that thing turns into the World Cup, everybody, and I mean everybody, watches the World Cup. So it'll be so great just to see that here in 2026. It'll mean so much for the economy of Denver. Um, and Denver deserves it. Denver is a really, really great area, uh, a great opportunity to showcase the city and also to showcase um, one of the best places in the United States, to be honest. And it's in the mountain time zone. So, well, yes, get it done. Will we ever get good at soccer? No, but it's not about getting good. Why not? <laughs> oh, are you serious? Yes. There's a term. You know this. There's a term but, but in basketball. I can remember back many, 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 many years of saying, there are 17, we may not be good now, but there are 17 million kids playing soccer right now, and in a few years we'll be an international power at the sport. It's not. It's, it's never happened. It's why not? Why it's not, it's not like basketball where ball is life. It's not that way. It's not like football where it's specialized. And even though they play football in different countries, you don't hear about it, right? They play football in Japan. They play football in different areas. But it's not like in the NFL. It's totally different when soccer is it. I'll give you a quick story. I remember my junior trip in high school. Speaking of Mount Bella High, shout out to them. You know, and, I, I'm a Wee Ridge farmer, by the way. Oh, come on, farmers. Yeah. Blue, was that blue and yellow? Yes. Oh, come on, farmers. Um... But I remember going on the front page of their newspaper because that's pretty much how you got all your information at the time in 2003. Newspapers? Newspapers. Was that the thing that you would like open up? Yeah. And, and you actually read? You read it? It wasn't like you read it on your phone. It's weird how that works. Um, there was deadlines, and uh, but they had that on the front page. It wasn't even a game that mattered, like was huge. They just mm -hmm. had soccer on the front page. Went down to Mexico, Estudio Azteca. Like they had that on the front page, soccer matches. It's just not, it doesn't hold that same type of emphasis in the United States for the United States to be one of the world powers of soccer. Well, in all seriousness, I think the international atmosphere would be invigorating. Oh, I, I've been to international soccer games in connection with covering the Olympics, mm -hmm. not the World Cup. I've never been to a World Cup. It's, it's, I mean, just, so we, we, I was doing a missions trip in, uh, Mexico city. And at the time it was a qualifier, a world cup call qualifier. And, uh, U.S. was taken on Mexico. And when I was there, you could just feel like they were about to play. We were in the same hotel as the United States, interestingly enough. And you could just feel the anticipation and the excitement in um, that hotel. And it just lets you know, like, this matters. And it matters to Mexico. But I don't know if it matters enough in the sense of to have a great United States soccer team. I would love to see it. But I don't know if it's that much to where we'll see it in the States. Would be I mean, awesome. What chance? What chances do you think the, we have of landing? <sighs> of of landing of Denver landing? I yeah. think I think Denver has a great chance. I mean, you you look at the places that are there. I mean, let's call it what it is. Okay, would you rather go to Empower Field at Mile High, or would you go to I don't know, say Kansas City, Missouri? <laughs> Barbecue is not as important to an international audience Gates as it is brothers? to an American one, so I think saying. people would pick Denver. They'd now, have Gates Brothers. Right. Now, barbecue is banging. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, <laughs> look, you, you rather would have, okay, a game in the mountain time zone. That means something. The mount, I, I think, as I'm quickly reading over this, 
Denver's the only team in the Mountain Time Zone, which means that you could put these games at different times. So Denver definitely has that leg up on the rest of the places. So I would definitely go with that. But that's just me. I think, obviously, you have Jerry World that's on the list. I mean, Cincinnati. Who wants to play a soccer match in Cincinnati? Seriously? Well, you get good chili. That's Cincinnati, man. That don't even sound right. Have you ever said Cincinnati with your mouth? <laughs> and just like really said that and smiled while saying that? You don't smile saying Cincinnati. Immediately you're like, oh, Cincinnati. Exactly. Man, put this thing in Denver and stop playing around. Well, that was What's Trending. And we'll be back after this. This is that ice cold Michelle fight for that white gold. This one for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. I'm Terry Fry. That's Justin Adams to my right. Eric Goodman is up in uh, Loveland, mm-hmm. being a part of a charity endeavor for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Larimer County. And he'll be back with me on Monday. You know, this is my first week with Eric. Yeah. There's a bicycle over in the corner. Do you see that bicycle? I do. He told me it's like riding a bike. You you'll get it back fast. Man, you did great. So I'm I've uh, managed to get through the week. It's been a fun experience both mm-hmm. with Eric and with you. Uh, I I really was a little a little nervous about you making me sing the see you fight song. <laughs> But at least it was between the breaks, so hey, you know, during the break, so we didn't offend anybody. Look, man, you know, it's, there's different pieces of initiation when you jump back on this radio mic, man. So I had to make sure you were all about it for CU. So if you want, if you want to reach Justin, it's, he's uh, Twitter, he's Twitter at Justin Adams TV. I'm T Fry T F R E I, and Eric Goodman is is just spelled out Eric Goodman, and uh, so we'll, I'll be back with him on Monday. It's time for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, Eric and Terry did at least. We'd love to love to hear your thoughts on the Tim Conley situation, uh, Justin, because reportedly the Minnesota Timberwolves are very interested mm-hmm. in Tim Connolly and are offering him in the neighborhood of $8 million a season, significantly more than he's getting from the Nuggets right now. How big of a loss would Connolly be if he uh, left the organization? And or should the Nuggets work very hard to try to keep it to stay, get him to stay? Yes, and it would totally cripple what you have with Nikola Jokic. It would take you from a team that would be contending next year, knowing that this offseason is the most important offseason in franchise history because of what you have in the back-to-back MVP. If you don't 
bring back Tim Connolly, then you could just throw everything out the window. And to be very honest, you probably should start thinking about trading guys like Aaron Gordon. I mean, and I'm just, I'm just being very, very frank. Like, it, 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 the, the motions will start to get rolling because of you not making that decision. Well, if the Timberwolves are going to offer the neighborhood of roughly $8 million a season, is he worth it? Yeah. How, how, much, how much does a championship mean to you? Well, I guess I asked Eric yesterday. The backup center makes $16 million. I don't understand the prioritization there. Just pay the money, man. You, you, you already have a lot of money anyway. Just pay the money, keep it moving. That's what I say. Pay the money, keep it moving. What do you need? I want another championship. Well, you wonder if something else is going on behind the scenes, like like uh, things like a better practice. Right. Plan. And, well, and by the way, the Avalanche have all pretty much probably the, the worst practice rink in the NHL. So, you know, there may be some questioning of commitment from the Bronco sports people. You know, it's funny. You could build up SoFi Stadium, but what you have at Ball <laughs> Arena is... Uh, it, it's second rate, man. You like, think so? I, I no, think I think it, Ball Arena's held up pretty well. It's not bad, but I, what I'm it's not it's not the arena that's second rate. It's more so that having a basketball like having a basketball arena for your guys, right? I mean, there used to be honestly, there used to be a Conoco in the parking lot of Ball Arena. Yes, it's not there anymore. Build up a arena like a practice facility you, right you there. Know, you know, it's the funny thing to me is you know how long you know how long McNichols Arena was open. Mm-hmm. 25 years. Okay. You know how long Ball Arena Oh, man, it is open? coming up around 25 20, years, well, isn't it's it? 23 years now. So it would be two years just to match just to match the longevity of McNichols Arena. I'm, so maybe we're due for a new I'm arena. just saying, man, I, I like the smell of new. I like the smell of new. Just in case you missed it, Tiger Woods expected to make the cut at the Masters, or not at the Masters, at the PGA Championship. Um, he missed it at the Masters, but... He shot a minus one today to put himself at a plus three. The projected cut is at plus four. Several golfers have yet to finish their rounds for the day, but Tiger should be safe and carrying on into the weekend. Are you proud of Tiger? Do you think maybe this is giving Tiger fans some false hope, or is it just good to see him back out there battling back from this injury? He's the only reason I found myself watching the Masters. Bingo. (laughs) Bingo. (laughs) I'm a casual golf fan. I'm really, really interested in Tiger, and I, in some ways, I can't even tell you why sometimes, but I think it's an exciting story for golf. I think his perseverance and his work to come back has been praiseworthy, and yeah, I'm, I'm following and rooting for him. Yeah, I would love to see Tiger make the cut. It's a big deal. Anytime that he's in the weekend, it's a big deal for your sport. Um, will he be in contention for this? No. I mean, the leader right now is at a... Minus nine, um, and that's Will, and I'm not going to try to say that last name because there's too many syllables in it. But um, I think it's Zalatoris. Yeah, that too. Um, but I mean, Tiger's not going to win. But it's all about Tiger being in it and making the cut and making those small steps back to where he where he is before. Baby steps, baby, baby steps. steps. That's all. Just in case you missed it, the first second baseman in MLB history to steal a base in a three-home run game per the Elias Sports Bureau. Could that be a former Rocky? It is. It is Trevor Story. Story had three home runs, seven RBI, and went four for four in a 12-6 win for the Red Sox over the Mariners yesterday. Could Trevor Story ever surpass Nolan Arenado as the more missed former player in the minds of Rockies fans? No. No. Troy Chulowitzki is still more missed yeah, than yes, Trevor Story. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree. And and what what is what is Trevor Story hitting right now? 
I mean, he ha he has turned it around the last couple of games, like the last twenty games or something like that. He was hitting like three hundred. Um, but that is a good question. What is he hitting right now? Um, in, in any case, I will say this. Um, we go back to what we talked about with the Rockies before. Are the Rockies a contending team? No. But can the Rockies at least be good enough to make things interesting? Yes. And even when you but look they've at they've been like that. They've been that way. In that's, the past, that's that's the way that they were. times over the past few years. That's, that's the Rockies. They've been at least fun to watch. They're seven games back right now. They're 18 and 19. I mean, it, it is what it is with the Rockies, right? And to be very honest with you, if, if they find themselves around 500 or if they're relevant in August, when Russ starts to throw the football around, that's all I really care about. <laughs> Honestly, nobody really cares about the Rockies after August. Absolutely not. Uh, Trevor Story currently hitting 230. So, not great. <laughs> no. And we were told how he was going to be knocking the ball off the Green Monster for doubles. And that hasn't happened either. Nope. By the way, you want to you hear something crazy about the Rockies? Please, the end of today, there'll be a game and a half back of the wild card. Really? Anything can happen. Wow. Have you been down to McGregor Square yet? That's beautiful. Uh, everybody's told me that. Uh, I haven't made the trip you gotta yet. You got to go. That place is gorgeous. Tom's Watch Bar, by the way, great place to watch any game. Mm -hmm. They said they're the official uh, sports bar for the Avalanche. Amazing, amazing place to be. That's free advertising, man. Tom's need to give you some money. <laughs> Tom's, if you out there listening, man, who be up with some dough, man? Give you some free, uh, free advertisement on a, on a Friday. I watched uh, some of the Euro Cup there. Yep. Back when that was going on, uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool environment over there in McGregor Square. Great pretty place cool. to watch a game and do some people watching too. Uh, just in case you missed it, NFL.com, the 10 most impactful NFL trades of the 2022 offseason. Any guesses on what was number one? Uh, I think I saw this, so I'm not going to say. Terry, you go first. I did see No, this. go ahead. It's not Russell Wilson. It's not Russell it's Wilson. It's Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So I'll run through them real quick here. Uh, number one was Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. Number two... Russell Wilson to Denver. Number three, another AFC West implications trade. Tyreek Hill leaving to go to Miami. Then another AFC West one, Khalil Mack coming to the Los Angeles Chargers. Another AFC West trade, Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. Then we've got some quarterbacks with Matt Ryan to Indy, uh, Carson Wentz to Washington, A.J. Brown to Philly, Marquise Brown to Arizona, and at number 10, Amari Cooper to Cleveland. So Cleveland starting and finishing off that top 10 list. Any of those trades seem too high or too low on the list? Amari or is there Coop anything? Uh, Amari Cooper is yeah. too high. Too high? Yeah, I agree. I, I think Amari Cooper will have a good season. Obviously, with Jarvis Landry leaving, and then they uh, traded or they, they released Odell Beckham, uh, the Browns. So Jarvis Landry will step in and be the guy. But, uh, I mean, if you don't have Deshaun Watson for the first month two months of the season honestly how good will he be and then you have to figure out what do you do at baker mayfield so there's a lot to say there and i would i would put russell wilson number one i think that's more impact that is culture changing for a franchise that badly needed a top tier quarterback and they got it especially when like you said justin Deshaun Watson might not be playing for a month or two. That's right. And to be very honest, actually, Russell Wilson is too. You know what's number one? What? Sierra. <laughs> Have you seen Sierra? <laughs> Lord numbers. Lord numbers. <laughs> Go ahead, Terry. <laughs> that was the Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it.
Hey, it's been enjoyable. Brother, it's yeah, been a pleasure. pleasure. Terry, always a pleasure, my Thank man. Thank you. We're, we're shaking it. hands across the table here. Yeah. Hi, folks. Danny, you've been great. I've really enjoyed it. And we'll yeah, see you good next show. week. And, uh, yeah, and uh, everybody drive safe out there and bundle up. Uh, one more time, by the way, before we do go. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I'll be on the Anchor Desk, CBS4. We're going to be uh, bring you all the different coverage on the snow. 7 in the morning until 11, till 11 a.m. Do you wear makeup? Do I? <laughs> Man, when you got a face like this, you don't need makeup. You know that. Oh, wait a minute. You know that. You believe that, Danny? I do actually believe that. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. You don't need that. Only, only, only reason why is because there's oils on the face. But other than that, baby, you, how, can you, how can you make perfection better? <laughs> Tough to do that. <laughs> well, it's been a great time today. Uh, thanks for listening to us, and uh, we'll, st- we'll talk to you next week.